Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Additional sponsors include Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Bieber Collision Care Center, Cooper Complete Nutritional Supplements, Ascension Providence, Baylor University Handcammer School of Business, Common Grounds, Heritage Creamery, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley. And it was a rough weekend for the Baylor Bears. And they take another hit today with the news that uh, Joey McGuire is leaving. And uh, joining us now is none other than Kevin Longquist, um, man who, uh, man who uh, always jumps in and is able to help me with so many different things. Aaron, do we have Kevin? Oh, there he is. There. Ooh, I hear the sound now. You never know if Kevin is on a, a treadmill or what he's up to. But, um, <laughs> Kevin, this is uh, it's tough, man. I, you know, we both know Joey and respect what he's accomplished, both at the high school level and at Baylor. And, um, and so to, to see him get that tech job, it is, it is great for him, though. What a tremendous uh, deal. And, and I got to say, Kevin, I mean, there was no – I mean, Joey wasn't going anywhere. I don't think he was going to land the TCU job. So, in a sense, Tech just they they thought the interview, I guess, went incredibly well, and they decided to move quickly and decisively. Were you surprised yeah. at all at how quickly Tech moved on this thing? Uh, no, only because it sounded like the way Kirby Hokett was framing the you know when when he made the decision to let go of Matt Wells that it sounded like he wanted to move pretty quickly to get a successor. And then, of course, he referenced the fact that the early signing period next month being a factor. Now, I don't think you can absolutely save your recruiting class in December. You could probably get a couple of kids in there, or maybe you can flip a kid or two or whatever. But, I mean, the focus for Joey is going to be trying to get what they need for February and then just kind of go from there. But I also think, too, and this was pointed out to me, too, he gets three games, possibly four, if, if Tech can become bowl eligible, because, you know, they only got they have five wins. Um, that he gets three, maybe four games to evaluate the roster to see what he has, what he can work with moving forward, and what he has to kind of encourage to be successful somewhere else so he can work through the transfer portal. So in that respect, I kind of think that's where this is coming from. Uh, Obviously, the way this is going in college football coaching searches where it used to be end of November, early December, you saw all this movement. We backed it up to late October. I should say we fast-forwarded up to – early to mid-October to late October to where this is starting to come down because TCU obviously moved a week after Wells was fired with, with Gary Patterson. So I think that's a lot of things that, that Joey has to do in, from an infrastructure standpoint to get this thing moving as quickly as possible. And But he can't obviously build his staff until, uh, you know, obviously in December once tech season officially closes. Yeah, there's a, there's some interesting stuff that he's going to put together, and you're right. He'll evaluate and uh, and then maybe see if they get them a bowl game and see if that could, could help them. You know, Patterson used to almost kind of try to take advantage of not having a bowl game, which is probably right. um, you know one of the reasons he's not there anymore. This is going to be right. fascinating. Now TCU, you wonder, I mean, TCU can do its own thing, but you wonder if, t- if Tech moving quickly – 
you know, TCU's kind of like, whoa, whoa, that, that happened in a hurry. Kind of what they're thinking as this thing yeah. unfolds. Now, TCU has made it a major priority to have a head coach come mm-hmm. in there. Now, that's interesting, though, they say that because who's the first name you heard? Is that guy Clemson? That's the offensive yeah. coordinator, Elliot. He's not a he's not a head coach, so I don't really un- sometimes you get mixed signals from schools like that. Now, I'll say this. If Joey's doesn't get it done at tech, not only would he be gone, but the AD will be gone. Now, you know, we're all rooting sure. for Joey, except when he's playing the Bears. But right. um but now TCU, this guy's the same situation. He's following kind of a well liked big personality in Del Conte. He's got to get this thing right. And he's kind of now known for the guy that, right or wrong, shoved Gary out the door a little bit. And and so he has to get that thing right. Sure. And I think, obviously, there was so much scuttlebutt as soon as Patterson was let go that Sonny Dykes over at SMU was one of the primary names that was mentioned in all this. And, of course, Sonny's got a contract extension from SMU sitting with his agent about what do they want to do with it? I think it's been reported about maybe four million dollars over seven per, uh, per year for seven years or something like that. And then you look at other names as you mentioned, Tony Elliott at, at uh, Clemson. Um, I know Matt Campbell's name at Iowa State has come up for this. Uh, then you know, then you think about Billy Napier down at the University of Louisiana, whose name is always connected to a lot of big jobs out there. So those are games. Those are names that are circling out there and i think as far as jeremiah donati the tcu athletic director is concerned is if he's wanting to get a sitting head coach well then he's going to have to wait a month basically to 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 decide how he wants to get this done he can have something maybe verbally agreed in principle unless it breaks and then then you got a coach that has to resign or something like that but it's but if that's really his intention then he's going to have to wait to go through this and tcu is going to have to take its time on this and so uh, that's kind of where the, you know, you know, what do you do here? Chicken and egg kind of argument that, that Donati's got to circle with is if he wants a sitting head coach, got to wait. If he can go get a Tony Elliott over at Clemson or some other rising coordinator, or and I'm just throwing this out there for the sake of discussion, not because he's a candidate, but a Bill O'Brien type of thing, like a, he's the offensive coordinator at Alabama. You know, guys like that, a very powerful name as a coordinator, that could be a road that he takes if he wants to get somebody in there like what Kirby Hoka did with Joey. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's always interesting, following a legend. that That's a tough one. You always want to be the guy Political. who follows the guy who follows right. the legend. That's a tough, yeah. tough spot. What are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, no, I totally agree with you. That's a tough spot. And your theory is the theory that I share, Matt, is do you want to be the guy that follows the legend or do you want to be the guy that follows the guy that follows the legend? Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the and there's a lot to weigh there with that because there's gonna be Patterson's shadow over there that's gonna linger over it. It's kinda of yeah. like Bear Bryant left even though yeah. Bear Bryant died a month after he passed after his coach's yeah. last game, it was still his persona. Hey that Kevin, lingered over Kevin. Alabama. Kevin, I need you to walk across the room. We're having Matt, long. We're Matt, having our long quest issues. Yes. I think it's your phone because I haven't moved from this spot in five minutes. Well, I want you to move. I'm saying it got bad where you're standing. <laughs> I haven't moved. <laughs> your spot is. You sounded great early on. It could be. In fact, it would be more gracious of me to take. Complete blame for it, and I will now. I'm you do this my every tack. time with me. You do this 
time with me. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's become our bit. But now you've stepped into an even worse area. No, no, no. Just hang in there. We're going to try to continue. This is Kevin Longquist. He's from Rivals. He knows all this stuff. And, and I love asking him questions about, like, recruits and, and then, like, people's past. Like, recently, my man Al Walcott, who kind of had some issues the other day, won't bring that up. But um, Chandler Morris, okay, he went to Arkansas. Obviously, he ends up at OU. Um, when he was coming out of Highland Park, was this kid highly recruited or was he recruited in part because his father, you know, at, the, at that time was a, a sought-after head coach in the business? Well, I mean, Chandler was a solid kid. Uh, he, he's a solid quarterback, solid, very savvy, understands the game. I think maybe because of Chad's reputation of being the salesman with a lot of flash over substance, that that kind of hurt Ch- uh, Chandler's uh, image, if you will. But, you know, the thing about Chandler, when just watching him against Baylor on Saturday, that's an effort where, number one, he was totally in the zone, okay? I mean, when you're making some yard ball plays there that don't make any sense, that's not designed in the playbook, that's when you just kind of tip your cap to him after 538 yards of total offense and say, i got to give it to you for what you did. Uh, It was very obviously frustrating throughout all of this because, you know, think about this, Matt, that Baylor made – TCU one-dimensional, basically a throwing football team, and they still had a chance to pull this out at the end until the Bohannon pick with about a minute and change to go. Um, and I think from the standpoint of the way the Bears approach it, I personally think that not only obviously do you give TCU and Chandler Morris a lot of credit for the way they came out from this game, but I think you also look at the fact that I think the Big 12 did Baylor a disservice by keeping them at home for a month. You know, think about this. They had not been on the road for about 34 days, that October 2nd game in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. And then they're home for four straight weeks. You have West Virginia, BYU, then the bye, and then you have Texas. And I think for football teams, they kind of become creatures of habit. And when you get into that routine where you're at home and you're not dealing with all the noise outside of it, I think that becomes an issue. And it's not like you're home, you're home, then you're away, then you're home for two, or maybe you're away for two, and then you come back home. This was just kind of an odd setup that Baylor had to deal with. Of course, they took care of business at home, but then they just looked like a little bit of a different team on the road. And that was kind of the concern that I think a lot of people thought about this team because they somewhat looked like what they did when they were in uh, Stillwater against the Cowboys. Yeah, now that's interesting. The theory that the Big 12 schedule makers left the Bears at home too much because normally you would love a bunch of home games and stay at home but um i like the theory i like the theory on here and now and also you mix in all these 11 a.m starts of course that's worse i don't know if that's bad for the team that's just bad for the uh for the sports writers and the people have to get up so no, the early the fans love it the fans don't no, the sports the writers can't. love it the fans don't so. I don't think I you you hang out with different sports writers than I do. I'm on I'm on at seven a.m. But but again, not to make it about me, I never try to do that, uh, Kevin. Now, okay. um, I now Kevin, this is uh, I mean, this is really I mean, I, okay. I'm going to need you later in the week because we're out of time. But there's a couple things I'm going to need you to 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 sound off on. One is. Well, Baylor was going to win that game, weren't they? Golly! Well, real quick, we have we have today. We're actually we got a little bit of time. 
I just want to get your take real quick on the on on the defensive side of the ball. When 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 he's talking, when when Dave's talking about pass rush, pass rush, pass rush is not what we need. Is he talking more about guys sort of taking wrong angles, or is he more like we're not winning? We're we're not winning up front. What was the? What do you think is his biggest issue with the pass rush? I think the biggest issue is just the lanes that they're staying in to, to force the issue and compress the pocket. And you know, you can part of that really hurt the, the secondary. I think the secondary has been having a bad month. It's just been disguised by how well the offense has played. But I think the pass rush has just been so mediocre this year that it finally got, if you will, for lack of a better word, exposed, and you don't have that alpha coming off the edge that can really impose his will. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with the front is you need that guy. You need that guy. Basically, your defense is set up with a strong defensive end, a great middle linebacker, and and a great cover corner. And Baylor at the defensive end spot just doesn't have that end on its roster right now. They're recruiting for it, obviously, but that's part of the issue. And, again, the, they had a lot of issues on trying to contain Chandler Morris, but some of that, too, is John Chandler's elusiveness to create plays. So some of that's on Baylor, but that's, where, again, where you credit some of what Chandler did because he was able to feel his way through the pocket and step around guys and step up in the pocket and make things happen like he did. But, again, the pass rush for Baylor is going to be with them this issue for the balance of the season, no matter how long it lasts. This guy can move, too. This guy can move around. They're about to face, and he's pretty accurate, more accurate than Rattler. Yep. They, they gave Rattler all sorts of issues last year. They really did. For and sure. uh, And maybe that was a sign of things to come for Rattler. We just didn't really know it at the time. Hey, Kevin, remember where you're standing right now, and you're hit next week. I need you in that exact same spot, all right? You are not to all leave right. I'll that be spot. I'll be in Hoost, Matt, in this bank parking lot where I am right now just for you. I'll drive right okay. over there for that. All right, all right. Always love to know where you are. Uh, he's in the <laughs> H-E-B area. There he goes, Kevin Longquist. Thank you, Kevin. All right, that's all we have. That's all the time we have for Kevin. He just.